Get ready for the Macbeth Financial Focus, spotlighting Bloomington Normal's authorities for financial and retirement matters. Please welcome Krista Macbeth. Welcome to another edition of Macbeth Financial Focus. I'm Krista Macbeth, and I am here with Kathy Schneedwin. And Kathy is a board member of the Humane Society for, of Central Illinois. And today we're going to talk about charitable giving as being part of your legacy plan. So thank you very much for joining me today, Kathy. Oh, you're welcome, Krista. Thanks for having me on. So we've gotten to know each other over the last couple of years when Macbeth Financial became a sponsor for the Humane Society. So I know a little bit more about you than probably the typical viewer is going to know. So why don't you tell our viewers just a little bit of, about you? Uh, well, first of all, Krista, thank you, Macbeth Financial, for being a sponsor. You have been so loyal and so fantastically supportive. So we first of all want to thank you for that. Uh, my background is I retired in 2006 from Illinois State University as the head athletic trainer in sports medicine. And literally two months after I retired, I was volunteering at the Humane Society. So obviously that's one of my many passions. My other is Special Olympics Illinois that I've been involved with for more than 37 years. So. Those two are uh, keeping me very busy in my retirement. Yes, you're staying very involved with your philanthropic duties there. So, okay, so today we're going to talk about the Humane Society. And let's talk a little bit about how the Humane Society receives their funding. Well, that's a great opportunity for me to kind of explain some myths that are out there. Uh, one of which is that we are under Humane Society USA. We are not. We're not affiliated whatsoever. We get no national, local, city, state funding uh, and rely pretty much on all donations. Now, periodically, we will get a grant. We will apply for a grant. But between those things and the actual adoptions, that is really how our funding comes. So we rely on people to really help us keep those doors open and take care of the animals. That's great information. Um, are there any other myths, do you think? Actually, yes, and, and, and every opportunity we have to try to tell people, here's what really goes on at the Humane Society, one of them which is there isn't a timeline for animals. When they come in, they're vetted in the back to make sure they're fine and that there's no illnesses before we put them out into the adoption cages. But then at that point in time, there's no time limit. Um, you know, people say, well, don't go to a shelter because you'll put them down in seven days. That's mm -hmm. not true at all mm -hmm. um, unless there's a major illness or a, a major behavioral issue that, that even with our athletic, our trainers that work with them, uh, if that happens, then you know that's the only reason that it might not be able to be adoptable. Mm -hmm. But we, we really feel strongly about finding an animal forever home based on the fact that it's out on those adoption floors until they're adopted. And that's true for our cats and our small animals, which we also have. Well, and anybody who has been in the Humane Society knows that those animals are very well cared for and, and, and very loved there. It's a, it's a great place. If you haven't been in to check it out, definitely go in and visit. So, okay, so we've talked a little bit about your funding, and I know that the Humane Society holds several events throughout the year, so tell me a little bit about those events. We have a, a lot of events. Many are community-oriented, where we just want to bring the community into the shelter, or we might bring animals someplace. Uh, we might have an educational table with brochures to tell people who we are and what we do. Our biggest fundraiser, which you would know, Krista, you and Robert, your husband, have been to this many times, is our annual auction. Mm -hmm. uh, and that auction this year is May 20th uh, at the Doubletree Hotel. Okay. So very excited about that. It's our seventh annual. Okay. But we do other little things too. Our, you know, we have a tremendous staff of actually volunteers of bakers 
And so every, you know, about six times a year, they're at Ace Hardware and Normal uh, selling baked goods. Uh, and then they also do a cookie tray at Christmas time, which we broke a record for the amount of trays and, the, and dozens right. of cookies that we sold. So that's a huge thing that, and that's all volunteers that are doing that for us. Okay. Um, we also did, and, and this might not be as much of a fundraiser as it was community, but we did Tales for Trails, uh, and it was with small children that could come in and read to the animals. So they oh, could pick neat. the cats or they could pick the dogs, and we did that in the summer for yeah. the first time. We're going to do it again, uh, so we're very excited about that. Yeah. Um, we also go to Petco, you know, several times a year, about, actually probably once a month, and we bring animals, bring dogs. Uh, we don't adopt on site. Um, you will have to come back to the shelter to adopt an animal, but we do that, and, and we have volunteers that bring animals out. You can see them and, mm -hmm. and go from there. Uh, so that helps us. We, we actually have a brand new relationship with PetSmart, who just came into town. Uh, and we have like four cat cages out there now that people can actually adopt from from that. Uh, okay. So it's a great partnership that we've established with them as well. Um, so those are some of our bigger things. Yeah. We've done a shoe drive. Last year we did a shoe drive. Did very well on that. Uh, you know, just some of the things that sure. we would do. So we're constantly trying to figure out what can you do to involve the entire community, especially right. families with children. Um, yeah. We have an open house that we're now doing annually in August. Okay. It's not really a fundraiser, but it's a community friend raiser, which we're real excited about. And uh, it's a great a, way to put great, it. Yeah, we yeah. like that because you're bringing people in, you show them the shelter that have never been there. Yeah. Um, uh, we also work. We this time we've worked with uh, some groups that help us with uh, like uh, public relations, uh, business aspects. Mm -hmm. And, and we're excited about that too. You know, how can we give back to the community? Um, we've we've done uh, the disadvantaged children's parties for several years in a row, where we bring dogs out and they play with the children and they can pet them. Uh, so we're excited that they allow us. The McLean County Chamber of Commerce allows us to do that. So that's fantastic. There's others, but yeah. uh, you know, I would well, need a long sheet to try to. Well, and the auction is probably the biggest, and it's a lot of fun. Um, if people want to buy tickets for the auction, when do those go on sale and how can they get those? Um, yeah, it's going to be, the auction's going to be May 20th at the Doubletree Hotel starting at 530. If you wait till probably mid-January toward the third week of January, our, it will be on our website. You okay. can actually go online and order tickets. You can, sh you can show up um, at the office and, and order a ticket ahead of time. Our save-a-date card is going to be sent out to people the first week of the second week of January, beginning the ninth, okay. be that week, and then the auction actual invitation will follow in early March. Okay. But you can go online at any time once it is on the web page, and and that's all you need to do. So fantastic. We'd love to get over three hundred people again and uh, just fill the room and bring in the money for the animals. And for the viewers who maybe have never attended the auction that wonder what happens, there are a lot of silent auction items that individuals and businesses donate and then there of course is the large auction which is a lot of fun and you have a, a very nice meal as well. So definitely check that out. So one of the things I wanted to ask you about, I notice I see this in my Facebook feed, I see it on your website, a lot of times you have an immediate need for something and it may not be monetary in nature. All the things that it takes to run a business, a shelter, even a home with animals. So whether it's bleach or laundry detergent or paper for the printer, I see that come up um, again over Facebook or through the email. 
so I want to point out to the viewers especially if they have any of those things that you know they're cleaning out their house and getting ready to have a garage sale and you have old towels or old bedding those are all things that you guys will gratefully take absolutely and we just had our annual supply drive uh, and we had several businesses in the area that supported us on okay. that and we brought in a lot of things okay that really helps us to be able to have those things for a, a good part of the year be, without having to purchase them right so uh, we need that a lot uh, if we have something happen in the shelter like you know an animal is ill and we're really trying to do extra sanitation, mm -hmm. then we use a lot of bleach, mm -hmm. paper towels, I mean, all those kinds of things are, are cyclical as well, mm -hmm. but that's, a, that's an easy way for people to drop things off. Mm -hmm. we, don't, we don't ask for food because we do have a special contract with, with Hills, mm -hmm. uh, Science Diet, okay. um, but even if food is given it to us, we give it to other shelters, sure. um, we give it to you know, sterile feral, places mm -hmm. like that. So we we would ask people not to do the food just because we do have that contract. Okay. And I also noticed one of the things that you requested, maybe gift cards for gas gift cards for your volunteers or office store or the home stores here in town, um, especially if you receive gift cards for maybe Christmas that you're not going to use. Absolutely. You society would be a great Absolutely. organization to Absolutely. Gift cards to. really help us, especially okay. places like you know, that have everything. Mm -hmm. um, gas cards are wonderful because we can use that with, when we drive our van to go pick up animals outside okay. the community or even in town. Sure. So yes, those are good. You know, people say, why do you need postage stamps? Well, we mail a lot of letters. Yeah. Uh, and not everything is stamped unless it's a massive mailing. So okay. those things help us, uh, copy paper, sure. any of those kind of things. So it's pretty, you can go on our website and okay. it will actually list what things we do use and would like people to donate if they can. Great. So when we talk about the monetary donations, tell me a little bit about how those donations directly affect the pets and the families. Um, outstandingly, they affect it. Obviously, any money that we do get in helps us take care of the animals, uh, the vetting, the food, uh, just everything they need in the shelter. Mm -hmm. um, we do have a special animal assistance program. It's called the a a ASAP program, okay. Animal Special Assistance Program, and it was established by um, someone who donated money from an estate, mm -hmm. and the trustees work with us, and for many years now they have given us really, really nice donations. Mm -hmm. And that program helps cover uh, conditions that the animals may have that can't be handled by our vet. We have a vet that comes at least once a week, okay. uh, not fully employed by us full-time, but it might be a severe injury, it might be a long-term injury or illness that has to be taken care of. So that's a great program uh, and that's on our website too, a special okay. link that you can follow. But uh, periodically we'll ask for just help on a special animal that might be there for a long period of time. Um, so money that we get really does help us. You know, mm -hmm. obviously you have to pay the staff, so salaries are included in that. Okay. So if somebody doesn't distinguish where they want the money to go, then at the time we receive it, we will place it where we think it's the best. And that especially is true with anybody that might give us estate money, okay. somebody who's passed away. Uh, we will decide at that particular time where are we best able to put that money. Where, at that time, where is it going to help us? Okay. So, and I want to talk about that, too, in just a moment. Okay. So we've talked about donations, but something else that he, the Humane Society relies very heavily on is your volunteers. So how many volunteers do you have right now? 
really hard to actually give you a number on that, but I would explain that if somebody wants to be a volunteer at the Humane Society, we do have a class that's an hour and a half long, and I'm, I've been helping teach that class. Um, we have an education committee, and those of us on that committee are the ones that will teach the class. And basically it is to just tell people, here's what we do, here's kind of what we would like you to do. Gives them a little bit of an orientation before they come. So three times a month for an hour and a half, three nights, actually we're going to do two Thursdays and a Sunday, and that will be every month. Once they go through that class, there's about 20 in each class. Okay. Once they've done that class, they can immediately volunteer. So it's really hard to know how many of that class okay. might show up, but we have a lot of people go through the class. But one of the areas that we really need help with volunteers is pet outreach. Um, we have the a new situation with PetSmart, as I indicated. We have the Petco dogs when we bring them there. We really need some help with that, where okay. it might be typically a Saturday for three to four hours. Okay. Um, irregularly, not every Saturday. Sure. So we need help with that kind of thing. And then the other thing we always need is dog walks. Okay. Um, and especially at night, uh, 5.30, we walk dogs 7, 11.30, and 5.30 at night. Okay. Um, and typically the nighttime one is where we might need more help. And sure. if we have more help, then the staff is not trying to walk every dog in the shelter. Mm -hmm. So that's where that we can do that. We have so many different ways you can volunteer. And again, on the website, it'll spell out some of those, but okay. we never have too many. Okay. Uh, and we are excited to have anybody that's passionate about animals come help us. And this is a great time to maybe point out that you yourself are a retiree, but you are very involved in volunteering with this organization. And a lot of our viewers may be retirees too that possibly have some time to spare and um, a soft heart when it comes to animals. So exactly, a great place for you to come spend some time, love on some animals, maybe let them love on you a little bit too. Exactly. That's and that's the other thing we ask of our volunteers, if you can give half your time you're there, can you do whatever you came to do and then just love on the animals as yeah. you said yeah that helps them social be socialized mm -hmm. and the more our animals are socialized when they leave the shelter the better they do at home sure so that may be just playing with the cat toys with the cats brushing yeah. the cats you know taking the dog into the adoption room and just playing with it yeah. or loving it or taking it out into the pens and letting it run a little bit yeah all those things help us yeah. and help that animal hopefully get a permanent home fantastic so while we are talking about volunteer time, um, I, I learned this on State Farm or on your website about State Farm and you and I were talking about that, that there may be a lot of employees that don't know about this, but tell me about the grant that State Farm is offering. Yeah, and it's fantastic. And I would like to personally thank State Farm for this. They're very supportive of us. Uh, and as of July 1 this year, this 2016, they now have matching a matching fund. So if somebody donates monetarily to us, they can be matched um, by State Farm if they're either current or retired employee. Okay. They also have the Good Neighbor Grant, which is if you are either currently employed or retired, and you give 40 hours a year to one organization, they will give that organization $500. Okay. And that is fantastic. Yeah. So we really hope that when, you know, when we teach the class, I always ask, are there any state farmers sure. in the class tonight and make sure they understand everything State Farm offers. So yeah. again, thank you to State Farm for that. It's uh, fantastic for us. They are great about giving back to the community. So Kathy, while we're sitting here on the topic of volunteers, we need to talk about some very important people in the organization because you yourself as a board member are a volunteer. 
How many board members are there at the Humane Society? We have 10 board members, okay. and they are the most passionate people for animals that I've ever been around. And that's what makes this organization such a strong organization. None of us are paid, obviously, okay. uh, and we're a very active board where a lot of boards may not be that active. We're not just at board meetings. We're involved with events. We're involved with fundraising. We're involved with a lot of things, and that's what I think really helps make us go as an organization. Great. And you, obviously, there are staff involved at the Humane Society as well. We have a fantastic staff. Passion, again, is, is there. Uh, egos are left on the front porch when they walk in the building. They all just love what they're doing. We have several that have been there for 15, 16 years. Oh, wow. Uh, and there's, we range anywhere from 12 to 14 okay. every year. Um, you know, it changes periodically, but they're fantastic. And mm -hmm. they're the ones that deal with the customers up front. They're the ones that take care of the animals in the back. Uh, I love working with them, and just it's just a great organization. I just love being there. Okay, so one of the things that we were just talking about was the ASAP fund, and obviously that you've been the recipient of some trusts and some estates. So um, in my line of work, one of my responsibilities is to make sure that I'm completing beneficiary designations for my clients. And again, it may be their children, it may be their trust, it may be a charity that is bypassing a trust altogether. So that was one of my questions. Do people ever come into the Humane Society and let you know that they want to list you as a beneficiary and how to go about it. Actually, Krista, that does happen, but it's almost more one-on-one. -on -one. Okay. You, know, you might be with someone, mm -hmm. and especially friends of HSCI who sure. have done, you know, been involved for a long time. They'll just, in passing, say, oh, by the way, you're in my will. Okay. Uh, we don't always know that. Okay. Um, we are, one of the things down the line that we are interested in doing more with is the, the plan giving and estates and things like that. Madonna um, Courtright, our the new mm -hmm. development director's only been with us since last March. That's one of the things down the line that we'd like to be able to do because we don't always know. Okay. Uh, and we do have in our newsletter um, a little area or section that says if you want to give an estate or sure. you know, estate tax, that kind of thing, you know, get a hold of us. So okay. we do that, but we don't do much more than that right now. Okay. But it is something out that we know people out there are have us in their will and we just don't know it yet. And you and I have talked about that over the past couple of years, yes. the fact that you very likely are listed in many people's estate plan, but you don't really know it. Exactly. Yeah. Chris, I know obviously your area of expertise is financial planning. Um, what would you say to an organization like us or individuals who support us, the best way to say, okay, I know that I want to give sure. money or part of my estate you know, as we say, we don't know when we're going to go, but right. what would your advice be? That's a great question, Kathy, and I actually had some areas and items that I wanted to talk about because I feel that they're very important for the viewers to, to understand. So very quickly, one of the uh, previous videos we did for Macbeth Financial Focus was on estate planning with Chad Ritchie. So one, I would encourage people to take a look at that video series to learn how that estate planning can fit into their charitable plan, okay? From a planning standpoint, if I know that somebody is going to bequeath funds to a charity, whether it's in their will or their trust, I want to talk to them about the organizations they're passionate about and how they can leverage that money and, more importantly, increase the transfer of wealth that they're going to leave to that organization. Um, and also, maybe they want to be around to witness that and enjoy that transfer of that donation. So 
life insurance can be a great way to maximize that contribution for a little bit, you know, on an annual basis, you can greatly increase what is left behind upon their death. And obviously it's all going to pass tax-free because it's passing to a nonprofit organization. Um, the second thing that I would point out if somebody is wanting to maybe maximize but also reap some of the benefit for that donation is the IRS recently made permanent the qualified charitable distribution. So in the past, well, currently, always, when you're over 70 and a half, you are forced to take that distribution from your IRA and your 401k. And they've recently made permanent where if you have your institution make that check payable directly to the organization, that income is removed from your tax return. And people might say, well, it's removed from my tax return anyway because I itemize and I take the deduction. But not everybody itemizes. And also, when it removes it from your tax return, how much income is on your tax return determines how much of your Social Security is taxable. It affects a lot. So it can have a tremendous tax savings in a positive way when they take advantage of that qualified charitable distribution. Uh, Christy, you and I have had this conversation. I'm not 70 and a half, but I am getting closer. And so that's interesting information, even for me personally. Mm -hmm. To, to know what is going to happen when you're 70 and a half and how you can help yourself more than you thought you could. So I appreciate that. Absolutely. Okay, so we have talked about a ton of information today. Is there anything else that you want to share? I would just reiterate again what I said in the very beginning that thank you, Krista and Robert, your husband, uh, for all you've done with Macbeth financial and how supportive you've been with us. I love that I've met you guys several years ago and we've, we've stayed good, uh, good friends, and I really appreciate the support that your business has given to the Humane Society. Sure. So thank you for that and I hope that we will have many years that, that we will be working together in that area. I know that we will. So the last thing that I want to point out is don't forget you can buy your tickets on the website. Um, you can also sign up to be notified for other events that you're having, any special needs that you have, um, fostering opportunities, adoption opportunities, things of that nature. So thank you very much for joining us. If you have any questions on the qualified charitable distribution or on ways that you could maximize and leverage your donation that you're going to leave to the Humane Society, please give us a call. You can check out our website, which is MacbethFinancial.com. And again, Kathy, thank you so much for joining us. Thank today. you so much, Krista. This was a wonderful time to spend with you and, and talk about things that we both have near and dear to our Fantastic.